Welcome back to NELP's Young Professionals Network podcast, Growing in the Green Industry. Today's podcast is powered by our Young Professionals Network partner, Steel. Steel makes a full line of gasoline and battery-powered outdoor power equipment for the demanding landscape professional. Find yours at steelusa.com. And Brett and Luke, this is your first podcast that we've been sponsored by Steel. Neil and I had the pleasure of introducing that last week. So we've made it. Catchy end. Very, very very exciting. Something you have to now memorize. Like you had the first intro down pat. Now this one, you got to get it. I know. Yeah. It's just, man, Steel. You know, just making life hard for us now. We're, we're, we're making it, folks. We're, we're making it. We're, we're... I, I had to do a quick double take when you started reading that. Look at the script that far down because usually I don't read that part. So, yeah. So, um, so our, your host today, of this episode is uh, myself, Miles Caparis from Include Software, Luke Melangrano from Mariana Landscape, and Brett Lemke from RM Landscape. So, you got the three of us today. Um, it sounds like you guys are pretty chippy today. So you guys doing well? Yeah, why not? Can't complain. The sun's out, 50 degrees almost. Beats the zero degree weather we've been dealing with the past month. So talk to me in three weeks when you, yeah. Know you say, yeah, it's yeah, like you're, degrees you're, like I'm you're, not pulling my hair out. <laughs> you're living it up in the mountains right now, so you want it. You want it nice and cold. So everyone keeps on bringing this up, but you know, it's yeah, it's not too bad, but. Um, cool. So, uh, Brett, do you want to intro our guest? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, welcome, uh, here. We have Seth, uh, started mowing lawns in high school for a family, friends, small business. In his senior year, he purchased a commercial walk behind mower and started Lawn Butler as a means to pay for college. He graduated in finance with the intention of working in the financial sector. But by the end of the college, he decided to make the green industry his career. Since 1999, Lawn Butler has grown by 10% or more every year and now has over 90 team members. The company operates debt-free. They are a maintenance and design build firm in Knoxville, Tennessee. Seth spends his time focusing on making Lawn Butler, Butler a destination company with great company culture. Lawn Butler has won numerous awards, including the Tennessee Landscape Contractor of the Year, as well as the designation as one of the best places to work. Seth is a graduate of the University of Tennessee, class of 2019 Leadership Knoxville, and on the board of multiple profit, nonprofits in Knoxville. So welcome, Seth. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we talk about snow and all the chaos it has here, but, and I think you all have seen quite a bit of it. Is, is snow a part of your world much or no? Um, snow. So for us this year, snow was about 20 miles West. It was really weird. So Nashville and Western Tennessee got hit. Um, and then we did not. So I think we've done a few thousand dollars in ice melt and that's it. So, um, we'll, we'll get, bring guys in or have them sitting up awake and, um, and then we don't do anything. So it's, um, yeah, well, not been not a fun, yeah. a fun weather year for us it is uh just to watch most of this u.s have snow in their in the language and in, the, in the, the conversations it's just impressive and just what's happening in texas and around mm-hmm. 
Um, and we think it was caused, I think we said it, Macy, who's been a guest here, branch manager in Landcare in Texas, she said on this on this podcast, you know, it never snows in, in Texas. It's in, in week two, catastrophe sense. So if you'd like to say about <laughs> Tennessee or Knoxville, you could say, go ahead. If you want snow, I would just say something about it right here. Um, you know, it doesn't snow enough that we're like, that we get to execute a lot. And so we do a lot of practice and training and don't actually do it. So we would um, honestly just prefer to never have it on there so it's like you get to buy snow plows and pieces of equipment and store and train guys for like two events a year um and so you know rather than other companies get to depreciate that equipment over 10 20 events a year we have one every other year so um so we actually we charge retainers for our customers where they have to pay us each year and so we say you have to have fast service you can pay us for a, a plow event and two ice melts regardless of what happens and we charge you what's over it or, um, or they get slower service. So I, ideally for me, it either snows a whole lot or doesn't snow at all. One of the two on there. So in between is not good for us financially. Well, the, uh, I think that was very helpful to share again is more, you know, not, we'll call it non-typical snow markets are getting snow. And mm -hmm. I see a lot of TNM models and people get excited about when it snows. Cause it's just a, a number that they did not account for or consider, mm -hmm. but then at the same time, they're not equipped and prepared for it. And so the you know, damages timing, you know, the frustrations of clients and, and all those things could come into play. And I, you know, from those that take snow very serious and, and or, you know, or have to deal with snow, like in our company, it's snow is a very real part of our business. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just seeing photos of folks, you know, how they're dealing. It's like, why wouldn't you want to embrace it to your point, Seth, train, prepare, invest in the right pieces. So when it does happen as hopefully as least amount, you're prepared and you've contractually set up some, a smart idea with your clients to mm -hmm. just give them a peace of mind. It may never, but, and I think it's, I hope it changes the mentality of snow as a business model for a lot of people after this kind of winter. Yeah. And you know, it's, we, most of the majority of people in our market don't do that. And so we've been trying to educate our friendly competitors. And I would assume most markets that, you know, that the borderline that we are and where we fall in the, uh, you know, the United States on, on that almost snow, like, you know, Kentucky gets plenty or maybe not plenty, but a good amount. And then Atlanta gets almost none, just an ice storm every once in a while. And so we're in that little in between, but so hopefully people will pick it up because you know, if you, when you explain it well to a customer, they understand. Um, and so, um, you know, they get it that, Hey, you have fixed costs. And so we, we tell them like, you know, we're happy to charge either, but you know, we'll get to you when after all the prepaid <laughs> customers get to, you know, and so they, they get it. And, you know, some people choose the other one and then they end up changing that later. And then, others get it and you know they'll write us a ten thousand dollar check and just for the security of it and so um, yeah, there's a couple of strategies in there too and low snow markets because um when i worked in dc that's also a low snow market and but the the norm around there especially in the residential it's just tnm right so you set up just a tnm contract and then in low snow it can be a really really good business proposition um for the business if you're just doing a tnm because the client's don't experience high snow events, but when you do, it can be or just a really, really good cash flow mm -hmm. event for you. So like, uh, it's just kind of like as a business, like what kind of decision do you want to make? Right. Do you want like that cash flow in front, which is good for the security? Um, or else like if you wait it out and in low snow markets, you have a potential of having a good premium on that because it's such a rare thing. So mm -hmm. yeah, just another way to play the game. 
for us, we do it both ways. So you get paid no matter what. And then when it goes in additional, then you get compensated. So we keep charging on there. So, but um, yeah, well, well it's, this, this may be a terrible podcast if we're talking about, if we're going into talking about snow, cause I'm probably the least qualified yeah. person. Yeah, that's no, interesting. <laughs> tell, tell us how many, you know, yeah, I agree. Uh, so, but, but as a strategy, it's something you've thought of. And, and, mm-hmm. and I suppose as in, and just maybe represents how you run your business to say that, uh, these are these are real scenarios that affect our people, our clients, and we have to come up with a plan. Mm-hmm. So, I, so expand upon just how how do you position your company in your market? What talk about that that customer service and that strong com- culture? I mean, what do you think has been some of the strongest points that have allowed you to grow so well? Um, yeah, I guess it's um, a multitude. You know, the, the, obviously there's the generic answer of. Uh, you know, that you, we spend a lot of time on our people, um, getting the right people in place. And then, you know, we do a lot of promoting within, I think out of our, we've got that are either people that are in sales or operations management. I think nine out of our 11 came from within the field, you know, came from the field. So we try to do a lot of that, which, you know, you get better people if they think that they have a chance, you know, their career ladder. Um, and then, you know, we, we've, you know, focus on being financially sound. Um, and so that a lot of got, you know, people, um, a lot of good employees find a lot of security in that. And, you know, in our industry, there's a lot of people that have not gotten paid for a week or the paycheck bounced or things like that. So you can pick up some really good people there. Um, you know, really it's the funny thing is I tell people all the time, it, it, it's unfortunate and awesome at the same time, but you know, one of the differentiators that you have is calling people back. Um, and so, you know, that's a little bit embarrassing for our industry, um, but it's also really awesome um, because, you know, if like if you call people back, you do what you say you're going to do, um, communicate when you when you don't and then fix your mistakes. You know, that that's the biggest differentiator that you have in the market from a customer's perspective, you know. Um, and so, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's hard, but, you know, it's like what, you know we're a service communication business that happens to perform landscape. Um, I think think that, I mean, that's so, so true. And it's something we're even working through right now. It's we've, we've struggled with it a little bit and uh, you know, we're, we're pushing our, our teams to, you know, get back to these people same day when they contact Mm -hmm. our office, set up that appointment. Uh, You know, you don't have to have the appointment tomorrow or the next day or whatever. It might be a week or two because that's when the client is available, but at least get in front of them, talk to them. And then on the flip side, get back to get back to them with that proposal in as timely manner as you can. Uh, You know, obviously if you have to do a big design or uh, something more involved, sure. It's going to take a little bit longer, but just those, you know, a maintenance proposal. Most of us, most people can turn around a maintenance proposal probably in a day or so mm-hmm. uh, and get it ready. And I think that is such uh, such a big differentiator when it comes to, to companies and uh, helping grow your business. Yeah, you know, so it's like, I forget what the, you guys might know it, but there's some type of, um, some studies and, and there's some data out there on like speed and what percentage, you know, it's, I mean, we, we hear all the time about like, and you never know which ones, but you know, like you'll hear all the times that later on you, you guys are the only ones that bid or you're the only ones that got back to me in, in a reasonable. And so, and everybody with Amazon, you know, gosh, Amazon, you just click on your phone and some, some places you're getting it that day, you know? And so we're training the world that, you know, that this, you should expect this. And so, you know, our industry is 
on the other end of the spectrum. So it's, it is really hard just about your account managers and your sales guys to remind them, Hey, you know, and getting back to them, I got it. I don't know the answer. Let me find out is a completely accepted, you know, most, so many of my, my team is, they don't like to do that. And so you have to retrain people. It's, it's okay to tell the customer, you don't know. They just want you to be able to find it out. So if you don't have to be the knowledge when you're at a property or you see something, you just have to say, I don't know this, but we have somebody that does, you know? And so it's, it's okay to tell them, I don't know right now. Um, and so that's, you know, man, it's, it's, um, you know, we try to follow that, you know, we call it like the 10 and two rule. So if you call in before two, get a call back, you know, if you communicate to us before two, we need to communicate back with you before the end of the day. And then if not, we get back to you by 10 the next morning. Um, and that is a, you know, it's kind of like the same thing. It's like, we say the same things over and over and over again. You're just saying, wear your mask for COVID. Don't use your cell phone while you're driving. Um, get back to people. So it's just like, you know, you just say the same 30 things just nonstop, you know, and it's like, you'll never, it'll, it'll never end. Like, you know, it's like, we tell our, our production guys all the time, like you, they're, whatever's important to you is going to be important to them. So you just have to say the same things over and over. Like, sorry if you get tired of it, but that's what you got to do. Yeah. And you have to think about it from like the, the people who are receiving that message to you is that they're focused on their own things. I mean, I have that as myself, right? Like any internal system, it sounds like you're repeating yourself, but to like the people that you're saying it to, they're probably only hearing it like one out of like three or five times, you know? So um, even if you think you're repeating yourself. So I, I think that there's really no such thing as like over communicating like what you need, what your priorities are. So mm -hmm. that's a great point. Well, so you, you, you brought up in the bio, uh, a conversation, you know, you shared with us that you work through a, a debt-free piece and then you, uh, strategy, and then you, you shared with how attracting the right people to companies that are financially sound and, 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 and strong has, is a big value that you put in the company. How do you share that with your team? It, uh, how open are you with that information and, and what's the best ways you found to communicate that info? Um, yeah, so we're, I mean, we're a little weird and I, I would be the, to like anybody that's listening, I'd be the first one to say that, you know, doing a debt-free path is not, I would not argue that that's the best. Uh, that's just kind of what we've chosen, how we've been set up. Um, and there are definitely think you can make more money with, you know, with smart leverage. Um, but we just kind of, I'm a weirdo and our team's bought in. And, and so that's, that's kind of the path we've done it, but, you know, so we talk about it in our, our interviews, um, and then we have like in our orientation, we do it with guys as, and ladies as well, just kind of talk about that, you know, just so that they have some security and, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter to everybody. Some people, you know, don't have any care about that or concern, but then there's some other people that, you know, that, you know, some people are really health insurance is a deal and the 401k that we offer is a deal changer, you know, and then they'll, um, you know, that, because depending on your pay, you know, th those benefits and vacation can be like a dollar 50 to $3 an hour and per production guy increase. And so some people really value that. And some people don't, you know, even though they like it. So you have to educate on that as well. It's just like, Hey, you know, that, you know, if company Z beside us is an X or, you know, don't offer this, that is a deduction of, you know, dollar 50 to $3 an hour, depending on your, on your rate, less than what you're actually getting when you don't have those. So, you know, a lot of it's, a lot of it's education. Um, we, uh, we, you also can use that a little bit of a sales thing. You know, if you know, I'm sure you guys with established 
everybody in this call established businesses that, you know, we've been around 21 years and, you know, they can go down on the financially set because there's a lot of customers that have had done, you know, work with landscapers and then they're no longer there, you know, they're bankrupt or whatever, you know, it's, a, if you look in, if I, if you look in our papers, um, bankruptcy notice, there's always a couple of landscapers on there. Um, so you could just, you know, it matters to some and matters to others who don't. We do a, um, you know, we kind of go back and forth. We try to do some financial education with our team and, and talk about it a lot. We uh, um, share like a modified open book. Um, we didn't do as well with COVID last year, um, just with some of the disconnect and things, but we share a modified open book with um, where we group all of our um, below the line salaries into one, one line. So that way you can't see how much somebody, you know, it's just all one big lump. Uh, but then we share everything else. So a lot of it's, a lot of it's education. Um, we're trying to do, we're experimenting with some different uh, profit sharing ideas that we're kind of running through. Um, and so, you know, this year we're going to have, a, we're going to do a little better job of, of actually presenting on like a quarterly, but you know, our production team that we, we did a, um, this is interesting. So it was, um, I think it was ownership thinking the book, um, but we did for one of our safety meetings, we have weekly safety meetings that we cover safety and then just training and like education. We actually had a doctor on, um, a, a, one of my best buddies was my first employee and he's a pulmonologist. So I got him to speak about um, COVID and then also smoking because he's a pulmonologist. And so we actually will educate him. So we try to do little different things. And I guess that kind of shamed some of our smokers, but at least, you know, at least they're hearing it. Um, but, but anyway, so we did, we'll do, we did a thing where we did a pennies game. So we gave everybody a hundred pennies um, and then we divided it up into some basic, um, basic categories where we said, all right, what do you think we spend on fuel? What do you think we spend on all the rest of the trucks? What do you think we spend on labor? What do we like all salaries, materials, that kind of stuff. And then what do you think that our profit is? So you make sure and explain profit. It's kind of difficult to explain depreciation to people who have never read about it or thought about it, but you know, so there's varying levels on there, but our feedback was the majority of our team, this was maybe five, six years ago, thought that we made it over 25% net that we, and so you explained it like of that money, what do I get to take home? Like as an owner or an investor and they, and the, the I think 90% of them thought it was over 25%. So, you know, you're not gonna be as careful when you're thinking you're making that much money, right? And so there was one guy who had worked for Briggs Armored Trucks and they had educated them on some P&Ls and things like that. And he said 5%, but there was one, we were smaller then, but maybe one out of 50 people or 40 people or whatever it was um, thought that, you, that we made uh, less than 10%. So, you know, educating it is a lot, you know, it's like explaining, hey, if you're making 10% and you do $500 worth of truck damage, you got to go through $5,000 worth of work just to pay for that. Um, so there's a lot of constantly, you know, talking about that thing, but it is a difficult, you know, I was a finance major and I still get confused about some of like the journal entries and all that kind of stuff, you know, it's, so it's, uh, well, it, it is finding the, the right language of this information for the right team. So from our executive team to middle managers, to production levels, they, they all need to hear it differently. Right. We, we tried, we did do the, the penny strategy a number of years ago too. And, 
and 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 of course, you know, you think about in the skin, you know, the, the quickly the ones that are savvy. And it's like, well, you have lots of pennies, I, you know, so you got more than one penny there. But, <laughs> um, but it, it enlightened them to that there's a lot of efforts and costs. And so when you hear about, you know, you talk about, oh, we sold this big job. It's you know, it's a hundred thousand dollar design build. Well, you know what, a hundred thousand dollars would do to me if someone gave me like, but. That hundred thousand goes through this company and squeaks out ten thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. So, if we're hope lucky, and if nobody yeah. actually brings too much mulch to that job or spends too much time, and um, and so I, I we've we've tried and experienced different ways of open book and shared our entire financial piece with a man to the manager level, and then did some broad strokes, big picture things uh, at the production level, and it's just being appropriate with what you talk about, right? And mm-hmm. what projects means to somebody versus us versus, oh, you know, that's one more out of a hundred more is that broke, who cares, right? And, and even, well, I'm one in our, we're about, you know, a little over a hundred folks. Like, so I'm just one person in this company. If I call in sick, no big deal. You got a hundred other people, have them do the work. And so, and it's just really trying to narrow that down to, uh, to their world and saying, no, you know what, your buddy that was in that truck that person is going to be the one that's stressing out today because that person has to go and do it alone versus because no one else can go with them. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's great. I think it's a, important to get to that front line and those production folks with, with this information, just got to figure out the right way to do it where it makes most relevant sense. Mm-hmm. How many pennies are in uh, Mariani? Uh, Luke, can we, can we, can you say that? No, for us right <laughs> it's a hundred pennies. Okay. Just a hundred pennies. <laughs> Everybody starts with a hundred pennies. Everybody starts with a hundred. Everybody yep. starts right. with a hundred. Seth, um, as I was kind of you know doing a little research on you and your company and organization before we got started today, you know, I came across your website and uh, you guys have that really cool video. Uh, I think when you pop up on the home screen or click your about page, and it's kind of a it's almost like a cross, I think, between a. Um, kind of a marketing piece for you guys, as well as maybe a little bit of a recruitment video as well. Um, and there was one thing that you said in there that really kind of caught my attention, which was when you first started out your business, your your primary focus was always just doing whatever you could to service your customers. But then at some point that light bulb went off in your head and you realized that the best way to truly serve your customers was to properly service your team. Uh, can you walk us a little bit through, you know, when you, when that happened, when you started thinking with that mentality and, uh, you know, how it's, how it's helped affect your business over the years. Yeah. So we, um, you know, that's, we, I think Jeffrey Scott coined this, but you know, the Jeff, the destination company, um, and he, he wrote, has a book on that, which is great. I think you can download it for free. If anybody hasn't read it at jeffreyscott.biz or com or something, but, uh, we're in a peer group of his and I, we did, um, gosh, I guess it's been eight or nine years, early 2010s, um, maybe 10. Uh, but we, we had a peer group meeting um, at our facility and it was our second one. And there was just maybe four members of the group then. Um, and, you know, a good thing about being a peer group is, you know, the majority of the stuff that we don't do or need to change I would say, in my opinion, is we know we just don't have the whatever word you want to use that to do it. Um, And so, um, you know, there's something with an accountability when you know, you know, they say, and so that, you know, they go through your business and interview your people and then they'll bring up a potential 
problem. Um, you know, for, for me at the time, it was that, um, you know, I had a lot of great guys, but I didn't, you know, one, I wanted to have everything kind of go through me. And then two, when you promote somebody else above a level that kind of means you're demoting some other people. And so then you just kind of had to make some harder decisions about which, you know, we're going to take on. Uh, but when you do that, then you just sit there and look, you know, you have to kind of answer the stuff you knew. And then you definitely don't want to have to go back to the next meeting and be like, yeah, we're doing the same thing just because I didn't, I wasn't, you know, man enough to make the decisions or wasn't bold enough. Um, so it was then I realized, you know, these guys are wanting the responsibility, you know, our team, they're wanting to have the pride in it, the challenge. Um, and so I really needed to go out of my way, get out of the way, um, as well as it didn't have to be done necessarily the way I would do it. it just needed to have, you know, cause there's a lot of times when we need a satisfied customer and we can do X to satisfy them, but you know, I wanted to do Y, um, you know, and so like, so a lot of times we're doing, that doesn't add value to customers. Like we're over-serving them and then it, they're not even getting the value at it. So you're actually doing a disservice if you're holding to like, not necessarily quality, but just like all the things that you'd want to do, you know, like, um, and so I think about 10 years ago, you kind of realize, and then, Hey, these people, you know, they want to like have ownership in this. They want to make decisions. They want to do all these things. And then we, you know, kind of realize, you know, as you got older, I guess it was probably close to 30 at the time, but, um, you know, these are people's lives and careers they are going to feed their family and, and that kind of stuff. And so like, you want this, you know, it just kind of changed where it was, you know, uh, used to be more, you would think of it as like self-centric where it's more about me. And then it turns out a way that's, this is more of, it's a privilege, but it's, a, you know, also more of a responsibility when you're in the leadership of making sure all these people on your team or can have like healthy career work environments. Um, that they can do well for their family and, and just, you know, find joy. God, there's so many unhappy people in the world. Um, we, we say all the time, like talk about orientation, like if you don't like this job, that's okay. You know, like you can look for a job on Fridays. Like we won't fire you. If you just keep doing your, if you keep putting it in and like being honorable and working hard, then you can go interview other places or different career. And we're fine with that. You know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll do, we'll stand by you on that. And so, you know, it's just kind of, that's, life's too short to not do, you know, to not enjoy what you do. Um, and we remind the guys in the spring, Hey, you know, you're going to get more of your enjoying what you do the other nine months out of the year than uh, March through June, you know, or the other eight months out of the year. Uh, just know that we, you know, you might get down to like two days a week that you like your job, but you know, on average for a year, you should enjoy your job three and a half days a week or really be glad that you're there. So that's kind of the, the mind shift, you know, um, I look at it too as, you know, they, um, you know, when you're, when you're at your deathbed, it's, you're not gonna look how much money you made or anything like that. You're gonna look at the people you impacted. Um, so but, uh, that's, I guess that's how, I don't know if that I ramble, but that's kind of my. No, I mean, I, I think it, uh, you know, it's interesting. You, you hear that, you hear the time frame that you're, you're discussing. And uh, when I was looking through your website, I mean, you have another, cool feature where you show all your your company's Christmas cards over the years and stuff and you can kind of see when that when that mentality and that mind shift occurred because about a year or two after you say that at the 09 2010 or so you could just see your team getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger each year thereafter and you know it's you hear it a lot when we're we're talking on this that you know sometimes the best thing for the company 
uh, to grow and the people to grow is for the owner just to get the hell out of the way almost. So, uh, and you know, you can, you can see it. It's a perfect visual right there. Yeah. The Christmas card was, a, that was an accidental thing um, that turned out. So we sent uh, Christmas cards every year. Um, I think that we're, we say holiday cards cause we serve a lot of people that don't, you know, that don't care about Christmas, but, um, you know, essentially Christmas cards every year. And, um, and, uh, and so that we just have a group, a picture of each and, and we've got a, um, a marketing guy that works for us who's, who's really neat. And so he, he w took individual pictures and just put people's heads, um, or no, it's the head and the body, but like just little individual Christmas balls, um, of people. And so we are still able to do the group thing without, um, either having masks or, you know, putting a hundred people together, which isn't a good plan, um, or 90 people, but yeah, it's a neat, it's a neat thing. You can, that's, that's the biggest comment we get on people on the website is just that you can see the journey of, of the 20 years. And so it's, it's pretty, it was a, it was a great, you know, like anything we do good, we either stole or did it by accident, uh, at our company. And so that was, that was one we came up with ourselves, but it was an accident. Well, I have to, I have to ask while, while we're at touching on the, your Christmas stuff here, what's with the, uh, you have a picture on there where it looks like one of your earlier shops or whatever you were along the interstate and you hoisted up uh, Santa and his reindeer above, oh, yeah, above so the interstate. Was, yeah. So we were, we're on uh, our old shop was uh, where I 40 and I 75 meet. So it's a very, very traveled um, like the interstate. And um, I'm friends with the Caterpillar dealer, um, the owners in town uh, and their customers and we're customers of theirs. And so I asked them, if we could use a lift. And so they let us use those giant lifts. And, um, and then we put up like, there were these inflated reindeers and we made a Santa sleigh that we attached on it. And so it was really funny. Like kids would, you know, they'd be driving and they'd get excited about looking for it. Um, and uh, one time Rudolph, like the airline got whatever, the fan messed up or something. So Rudolph in the front was tipped over. So the, the newspaper picked it up and talked about Rudolph's eggnog. And so that, that was a, so it got some really good publicity, but yeah, it was really fun. We moved out of there. We bought a facility. We used to lease it. We bought a facility like five years ago. And um, so unfortunately we're not there. I've tried to find land just to do it again along there, but I haven't had any takers, but that, that was a fun um, kind of goofy thing to do, but got a lot of comments from it and people enjoyed it. What other, um, what other things that, uh, that you do, like that you think are like, really good like culture things like i mean that seems pretty like a fun thing to do but like do you have any other tricks up your sleeve or is that is that your only trick <laughs> uh well we do um uh, we try so we try to have like one thing a month you know this is this is probably not unique but one thing a month where we either have like a taco truck come in or a snow cone truck or a christmas party or um there's this incredible little donut truck that we found that comes in and so that they just you know people are there and you can kind of they come in after work and we just feed them and they can hang out for a little bit um do little things on the uh i stole this it may have been from grunder or i stole it somewhere but like the darts for dollars so people with great attendance get to throw a dart and then it just um, um they whatever the number they hit they get in cash um and so those are kind of you know those are kind of fun um and um so just try to you know i do i try to get in like half our safeties and safety meetings um and just i say weird things you know just like just kind of to try to be humorous and um because they'll fall asleep if you don't and so 
Um, so we try to make it a little bit more lively and, you know, just saying things like you need to enjoy your job three and a half days a week or, you know, we'll help you look for another job is a weird, you know, that's a weird thing to say. And so it culturally kind of helps, but, um, you know, that, I, I guess the, the, you know, just trying COVID really stinks on it. And, and then we do a, a, a management retreat. We didn't last year, we didn't this year, but we'll take our, our management team and go out for two days and go like, rent a cabin there was a we used to do it at a um we're going to try to again but there's a young life camp which is a non-denominational um camp for kids uh, that's, that's a christian organization and they just have the best facilities so we'd rent it out during the week um and then you could go and do like you know like They've got basketball courts open it's in the middle of the mountains in north carolina and then do, and then we go over to sierra nevada brewery uh, for dinner and so you know just some kind of things like that where you your team you know bonds and has fun and you know, go off for two days so i guess those are like maybe some of the cultural things that we try to do you have to work pretty hard at it and, and we were actually doing a really bad job because i was in charge of it and then we put somebody in charge of it and now we're doing it a lot better what did you experience uh as it relates to the COVID time uh to have to, to pause on a number of those where the people parts together, but how did you sort of overcome through that or, or did you not, was it, was it that know, tough? That's a good question. We've got a little team app. Um, so you can put some messages on there and, you know, we try to split our crews up so that they're different start times and things like that. And so it's, it's, you know, I think that you, you know, they talk about like all these companies that aren't going back. Um, but I think we're all operating on borrowed culture, borrowed time. Um, and so I, I think my personal opinion, you know, but obviously I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I think that we're going to run out of, run out of our culture. We're, we're, we're on culture reserves. Um, and so I think all these work from homes and that kind of stuff, like that's going to pay, that's going to start taking a toll, um, you know, or it would, you know, fingers crossed the, you know, depending on which articles you read, I hope that the ones that came out on Drudge Report like last week about maybe back to life in April or May are true, but you know, who knows if it is, but, um, but I, you know, so that'll be okay that you, you're just, you know, you're operating on reserves, but I think, I think if we keep going down this road, there's definitely going to be some, a lot of companies are going to have some culture pains with it. Well, up here in New York, I think it'll, uh, it'll last forever. <laughs> so, but it'll, but we're uh, we're optimistic as you are that there's a path through it. And you're right, we can't we can't be separated this much and this for this long. And mm -hmm. think just even as humans, but even as a company, mm -hmm. uh, we have to we have to find a way. I, I, I guess we goes back to lucky us that we ha we work in the outdoors, right? Lucky us that we have like workspaces that we can spread out and are being determined much safer. So, uh, and we're essential, right. That our business is, is functioning mm -hmm. that way too. So, um, but yeah, this is, uh, it, we don't, I'm, I'm optimistic that 21 is relief, but I, I, I look to 22 as probably the year where we might start actually forgetting about it again. So, yeah, you know, as you, you bring that up, I was listening to somebody and they were saying, if you don't, um, if you don't, um, uh, aren't selling that what we do is a health benefit, uh, whether it's mental or just being out or whatever, then you're, you're missing out. Um, and so that way it's hard to do, but we were talking about in our management meeting about like how we really should take advantage of that. Um, and we, we don't have a great plan on it, but 
you know, that's, that's a, that's a good point is, you know, now's our kind of our time that like landscape can, you know, we're struggling just to, to be, you know, a trades organization that's that, um, you know, people should be proud of coming out of school if they want to do it to, you know, making sure that, you know, that safety is a big deal industry-wide. Um, you know, now's kind of our time is, you know, I, I, I've seen it too, but like, I think private equity, a lot of them has looked at and looking around because I mean, we've seen, it seems like, the, you know, most of them are fake or just, you know, gimmicks, but we've seen the people that have just been emailing, calling that, that uptick in the, the, the private equity. I think they're realizing like, hey, you know, hitting, hitting a bunt or a, a base hit is good when you always, when you know you're going to hit a bunt or a base hit. Like we're never going to be a home run like a um, cloud-based software that sells at whatever multiples of earnings, um, but we're consistent. And so I, you know, I think it's going to be interesting too, just with the, the money that's coming into our industry as well. Um, yeah. just be, I think COVID has made us way more attractive in general. I was, I was speaking with uh, an industry uh, peer and they're very in tune with the, that, the P and E's world. And they're just saying it's very strong and they're, they see a high level of activity or a great deal of optimism there uh, from their world perspective on, on our industry and, and companies, this, we are going to remain an active uh of active space for for that world and m a world and so I, I i you know hopefully that is only opportunity for those that are really looking for that as a piece and 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 those that i think fight against that business then maybe they see a competitive advantage of if they see that growing too so um but yeah we we are uh we are becoming a much more attractive space and uh and then i think early on we even compared ourselves like you didn't have to think about your career as, is this a healthy space or you did, but now in a context of healthy space that would not be shut down because of a health or an issue like this. And now that's a real consideration is, can you sustain through another pandemic or, or other, or who knows? So um, landscape, snow, that service businesses seem to be holding up pretty well. Yeah, I, I would, um, I have to very much watch any complaints I have and like, because it's, I had a, a buddy that has like a seasonal restaurant business in a, a, a touristy type of town. And he kept all his team on just so that way he could have a competitive advantage for having great people. And then COVID hit in March. So he was like operating a loss for his people. And then, you know, so if you have to, you know, the, the complaints I had about COVID um, were nothing compared to most people. If you were, you know, really have to worry about that. Sorry for me. Agreed. Uh, so as you look forward, uh, what, what do you see on the horizon for Lawn Butner, Butler? What is, uh, where, where are you focusing your attention? Um, you know, we, uh, are we really like right now or, I don't know, we almost do 45% construction or installation is what, what we not actually like, you know, landscape based construction. Uh, and we really like that to get down to about 30%. Um, so keep growing or. Our, our maintenance um, on there, we, uh, we've been in the process, which uh, I knew was gonna be atrocious, but uh, we're at the beginning process of building a new facility and offices for us. And um, it has been, I mean, just to even before we break ground, the amount of uh, pain and that that is, is just unbelievable. And I'm sure the city is not gonna 
make it any easier when we we finally do. So we've got that project. Um, you know, we, we think that we're getting a lot better in our systems and, um, you know, we, we use um, Aspire as our operating software. So, you know, like a, a heavy base uh, software like that or what Miles does or, you know, can give us the ability to scale. Um, uh, so we, you know, we um, have been, you know, considering like, when do we think that we could have like a little satellite, um, you know, not necessarily a branch, but I'm doing that and that. And, um, so that, that is on the horizon, you know, I don't think that is the key to whether we call ourselves successful, but it's, you know, it's, it's kind of, life's not fun unless you have some challenge. You know, we all pick this industry. There's a lot easier ways to make a salary that we make than this industry. You know, like I have a lot of friends that get off on, you know, they're, they're done early Friday, if not none Friday and then like half a day Wednesday, you know, and like there's a lot easier careers, but I think we just enjoy, like this is such a challenging industry. And so it's really gratifying, you know, like my favorite part of my job is showing up to like an install or a property that I've never had anything to do with. Um, and like meeting a customer for the first time. And it just seemed like a great, like, that's really fun because it's like your team is executing and doing it well. And you had nothing to do with it. That, that's my favorite part. But, you know, I think that you know, and for me too, I think this is a really good opportunity. We have a lot of people that work in the production world of our industry that just aren't respected and treated well. Um, you know, whether it's like skin color, education or whatever, they, you know, they're just not. And so like treating people like that they have value is really a, um, um, like, I mean, that's, that's, that's a central role, you know, is just these people being proud of what they do and being better than when they came here, you know, being smarter and more educated, having more skill set. Um, so, you know, that's what a, a good friend of mine, Paul, a uh, friend from uh, Sun Valley, uh, we've done a talk at NALP and um, that's a, a big passion of his. He's better than I am, but, um, you know, it's just kind of fun. And I, I think that our industry has a lot to grow in that too, just as, um, you know, people get into this business because they love landscape, but they're not necessarily good business owners, but they become business owners or presidents or whatever, because they were good at landscape. So then they're lacking all these skills, whether it's financial or just people management and things like that. I don't know. So I just think that, you know, in these trades that we've got a, a huge opportunity, um, you know, to make this just a better place for, for our people and then as customers as well. I found myself this past week. Uh, I, I don't think I used the word landscaping, right? I, I, I found myself talking about people and we were in a budget conversation. And so it was, and, and, I, and I just looked to someone else. I was like, this is what's exciting. You know, I, at one point in my career, it was about how you outfit a truck and a trailer and the, the color of the mowers and what, you know, what that is, right? But now it's about, you know, when are we going to grow or how are we going to strategically move this direction or that direction? And, uh, and, and I think it's in my career path, it's been what I needed, right? And then people will say, well, no, I love the engines and I love that color mm -hmm. machine. So let me just work with that. And great, there's a passion for you and a path for you there very much as well. But, uh, but I agree, um, those business owners that embrace the, and, and, and the goal is to grow, it, need to embrace the bigger picture rather than, again, what their logo looks like and how cool that project is and so on. So, but, uh, um, so well, well said. We, one thing I can add on like a culture thing is we actually hired a chaplain um, 
And so there's a, I, for me, I'm a, a, a Christian and that just means that I trust in Jesus as my savior. Um, no, it doesn't mean that I judge anybody else or that, you know, I think specifically about where somebody needs to go to church or not or whatever, but that's just important to me. So we have a, a, a chaplain. And so his, that's what it's, it's through a company that provides those or a nonprofit. And so he comes in every week, hangs out on Tuesday and just says, Hey to the guys and talks to them if they want to talk and they can tell them to screw off if they want. And we'd go over that orientation and give them the number and like, you don't have to talk to this guy if you want, but he's there. And I had a guy text me last Friday and said, I just want to really want to thank you. Um, his name's Adolfo, so he's bilingual, um, but he, uh, or that wouldn't make him bilingual, but he is bilingual. Um, and so he, he, um, he texted me and said, hey, I really want to thank you, um, Adolfo performed my mom's funeral. Um, and that was a really big deal. So they're available for that. Like if they go to jail or medical things, or if they have somebody in their family dying, like he's on a call 24 hours a day. Um, and so they can communicate with them on stuff or struggles they're having. And then he, he's not allowed to tell us unless it's a safety issue. Um, and so, you know, just like, and you know, a lot of guys are like, we have one, we have one guy that's going through some stuff. And so we said, Hey, maybe pay attention to, you know, Bobby or whatever, you know, give him a name over here. And, and he does a really good job of avoiding him. Um, and so he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have to, uh, but that's, you know, that's one thing too, is just like, you know, there is so much, no matter what you're, there's so much garbage in people's lives and dysfunction, you know, this things that happened to them that's out of their control or, you know, or, or you know, for me, most of my problems itself, driven is my you know i make my own bed in most things but um so it's a good resource to have um and uh and so you know it's it, some guys really really benefit from it and some people it doesn't matter to them but you know it's just part of like caring for them and, um so that's that's been kind of neat he's been weak you know it's really it was interesting so um for so my faith is really important to us but we don't like talk about that on the website or anything like that and you know, or not, I don't, I don't go out and talk about it during meetings, um, unless somebody asked me or, or, you know, give me an opportunity. But, um, one of that, when we were discussing about whether we're going to bring him in or not, you know, it's a significant expense, um, uh, to, to put, you know, uh, on there. And so, um, one of my management guys is an atheist and he was one of the most pro out of everybody to bring him on. Um, and so he was, he was kind of, I had some other guys that are, that are Christians that were like, I don't know if we should spend that money or whatever. And then the atheist guy was one of the ones that was most engaged with it. And so that was really cool to see, um, on there. So that's, that's, uh, it's, it's interesting that I got it from, I know, I know a guy who runs a really well professional salvage yard and he was telling the story about how great they are and they're appreciative of their chaplain and, you know, there's a guy that would never want anything to do with them. And then they had one of their employees die on the way to work, got an accident. And so the chaplain was right there and was really, really important and integral in some of the healing process process for a lot of the team. So anyway, but that's, it's, that's been really neat. Um, that process, just having him. So he goes to like the Christmas party and shows up when we have our like social events and things like that. Yeah. That's, I like that. I like that a lot. And I think that the story, like, what I'm taking behind that too is like, um, as a business owner, that's probably like a pretty bold thing to bring up anyways to your team. Right. Mm. Like you could have not like not chosen to bring, bring up that idea at all, but you're like, you're, you're bold and you kind of trusted your gut and, and the team got behind it. And like the most 
unexpected members of your team got behind it, you know, engaged with it the most, which I think is a good lesson, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes like when you're a leader, you're, or you're, you're in a position like where you're making decisions that's impacting other people's lives, you, you tend to be a little bit more conservative because you're worried about like, I was just going to rock the boat too much. Mm-hmm. But sometimes like as a owner, I mean, or as a leader, you just got to trust your gut and you say, no, this is what we need. And just bring it forward. And you're usually surprised. I don't know. That's, that's what I've been hearing too. It's like, you're pretty bold on some of these culture suggestions. Right. And some other people wouldn't even think to do that stuff, but like, just, I think the more that you trust your gut on some of those things, the better off you're going to be. So yeah, that's really cool. I like that. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, and it just goes to show too, like, I mean, it's funny you were saying I should trust my gut, but like, it also shows like how wrong you are, like, or I am at the same time, because it's, you know, a lot of the things I would worry about, about making certain decisions aren't true. Like the atheist guy was the one that was one of the biggest proponents of bringing him on, you know? And so it's just a lot of these things that are in my head aren't, you know, aren't what reality, my reality isn't necessarily somebody else's. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting on there. We do all our, our learning by um, losing a lot of money or trying things that don't work or whatever. So it's like any skill we have is from a bunch of mistakes. At Walmart. I, th- I think that's a, that's a business yeah. skill, right? If your business is really good at failing fast, mm-hmm. it's like, you're gonna, you learn faster. Sorry, Brett. No, I, I, I think I've read that same book. <laughs> Unfortunately, right? So yeah, it's, I think we've all read that book and it's like, well, that's a good idea. Let me try it. Oops. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh. You know, the, the um, you know, people will, you know, if they, if they ask like, hey, how did your company get to that size? Or, you know, like if they say like, hey, what positive things do you have? Or how did you help or whatever? And then like, I think one of my biggest is just like, I get down, get up a lot quicker than most people after you get knocked down. Um, and so like, I think that like, as a, that like, as, so if somebody was like, Hey, being an entrepreneur, what are the things you have to have? And so one would be like, I get down, I get up way quicker than most people. Um, I feel like I can usually outwork most people. Um, that's just a minor one. Um, and then the, the third one, uh, would be like, I can go from like the greatest day ever to the worst day of the year and back within like multiple times in a week. Um, and so like, that's what, you know, people will ask about like, Hey, if you're going to be, and I think that works for like any upper management, not just an entrepreneur, but, um, it's like, what, what skills do you have to have? Like, it's really, really is like that you can get down, get up when you get knocked down. And then, um, you can deal with that terrible, like that range. I mean, it's amazing. Like I'll literally be driving down the road and be like, I have the best job. This is literally like, like nobody else has a luckier job. And then that like, six hours later from three bad phone calls, I could be like, I would sell this company for $2 and we're debt free. Like I would pay some, <laughs> you know, it's just amazing how quickly you can go back and forth. And it's just, especially the springtime, you know. And the winter time. Oh, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit in the fall. And uh, yeah, that's just right. It's, yeah, uh, it's- yeah. Well, not as much for the winter. My phone like doesn't ring at all in the winter and I can get to do all these like, long-term products on my to-do list so that it's different than you guys and it's uh, 71 degrees here right now so jeez well yeah. okay yes a lot different right the those snow events come and if they come frequently the phone calls follow mm-hmm. uh, right and even as good as i think we are they still show up but uh, i i i appreciate that philosophy or that that mindset and especially as we head into the spring i think that was a something important to share with the listeners it's um because it, it comes at you every which way, every day. And just 
being flexible and nimble enough to know that and to deal with it and probably just breathe a little bit more between these moments and you'll, there's a way through it. You'll get, Mm -hmm. you'll get past it. Cool. So I think we're going to start wrapping up. Um, Seth, do you have anything that's on your mind or like, do you have anything that you want to share? No, I'm just glad you guys didn't shut me down after 30 minutes from being boring. So that's, uh, if we made it to an hour, that's a win. And we, and, we, and we talked about, you know, the ability to edit this video if need be, but no, it's all good. We're not going to cut any of it out. You're, you made it. All right. Well, cool. So we'll just wrap into a oh, I did have section. Oh, there it is. Okay. I meant to plug this earlier, but I did want to thank steel for being a sponsor. We are uh, uh, satisfied steel customers and um, they give us some, some, like some product support from the actual team the steel themselves. Um, and so, um, so yeah, that was, that's great. I'm, I'm glad that steel was, was, was doing that, especially for the young, the, um, young version or what was it called? The NLP young professionals network. Young professionals. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Clear. yeah. Clearly yeah. not in that category. Mm-hmm. Are you anyway? <laughs> them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were pretty excited too. Um, I was talking with Neil. It's like maybe Neil, Neil had the ideal, company if someone implemented all the ideas that we have on this podcast you'd have a company and said well now that we got a steel sponsor you just use steel equipment and you're good to go mm-hmm. no problem all right <laughs> <laughs> so anyway so we'll wrap into rose and thorn now um so, uh if you're not familiar with it you know like you just kind of go over like the past week or in the past of like what's going well which is the rose and what's not going so well if there's anything that's a thorn you don't really have to have bolts. It's just kind of what's going on. So um, who wants to roll us off? Uh, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll bite. Uh, good week. Uh, blue skies did a little trip away uh, last week with the family. So recharged and ready to go. Um, busy week at work and, and, and what felt like a, you know, to Seth's point, a week full of meetings, both good and challenging still feel strong about the path and, and, and the strategy of the company. Uh, Thorne, uh, yeah, I'm, I tend not to have too many. And I, I think this is a, you know, it's a good solid week and just do better. Get up and again. I, I, I resonate with what you said today, Seth, but just got to get up quicker and just got to get, get moving it. And I, and, and now I have a new metric, what you just have to like your job three and a half days a week. I think that's mm-hmm. it. I'm going to go to the company with that one guys. I, we don't need to be have every happy day. Just three and a half days. Just got to be exciting. So three I, and a half days, right? Yeah. If you work four tens, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But we'll take that. So yeah. Oh, uh, I'll take next. Um, finally catching my breath a little bit after what seemed like a relentless last month of uh, plowing snow every day, uh, or every other day, whatever. So uh, it's been nice sunny skies here clear skies was able to get my car washed and get the three inch layer of salt that was on it off from uh from driving on the roads um you know really nothing bad but uh with that it's you know the winter has been very busy which is much more the way i would prefer to have it versus not uh but now you know i'm finally getting to some of those 
projects on the to-do list and it just seems like okay you know that that time frame is even shorter to get those things done now because we are you know, 30 days away from hopefully trucks on the road every day um we'll see what happens with the snow melt but uh shorter time frame got to get a lot done so it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a jam-packed month yeah for for me it's uh it's, it's about the same you know things are going well um yeah, I can't really complain about anything. Just uh, it, since you guys are all prepping for the for the spring, that means my my workload goes down a little bit on the support side for uh, uh, on that side. So that's good. So I'm able to get to my longer term projects now too. So um, looking forward to that, and it's been a lot of fun. So um, yeah, other than that, there's not not really too much to complain about right now. So um, yeah, it's all good. How about you, Seth? Uh, well, this was fun. I've enjoyed. I've listened to a lot of the uh, podcasts that you guys have done. Um, not all of them, but uh, I'd say over half. Um, and so this is fun to be on here chatting with you guys. Um, I guess probably the low was um, uh, realizing that there is a uh, main sewer line running right through the land we just bought of beside our office, our current facility that we were going to add on to to or in addition to put where our uh, building was going to be. So there's going to be another like hundred grand of costs that you didn't know. So that was kind of a, that was, that was a bummer. Um, but you know, what's a hundred grand payable over 30, 20 years, 30 years, right? No big deal. Just a lot of pennies. Just a yeah. lot of pennies. No, just, yeah. No, Start no. with a hundred. That was not a big deal. How many yards you'd have to mow to, to pay for that, right? That, that was that uh, was the that was the phone or the the afternoon. I'm just going to sell this for two dollars yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but no, this was. Uh, but you know, this uh, this is fun to be on here chat with you guys. Same. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Good. Good info and and, and some unique, I think, uh, offerings today. So really, really appreciate that. Yeah, there's definitely some nuggets in there that. Yeah, that's I like. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of good stuff that you're doing, Seth. So hopefully uh, we'll be able to catch up later. Um, if we, I didn't think we covered this, but what's your, do you have, do you have like a long-term plan for the company of like where you want to take it? Do you want to grow more? You, you guys more focused on keeping them where it's at? Um, you know, we, we um, I, I, I had kind of mentioned like satellite, you know, it'd be fun to do a satellite and, you know, maybe do some branches, but you, you know, mm-hmm. you got to, we've got to be a little bit better what we do than to, to, to do that. But that, that, it, it, that, that challenge sounds fun. Nice. You want to keep, you know, and the, like the, one of the main reasons you want to grow is you just have better opportunities for your people too. you know, like you, if you stop, then it's a little bit disheartening for them. So it's like, you, you know, which unfortunately is like a little bit of a beast. Like you have to keep feeding it, but. Uh, well, yeah, best of luck. You, you, you see, like, you got things going. So I, I just looked at those Christmas cards too on your website and Luke, really, that was a, that was a good, good, good catch. So that's, that's actually cool. So maybe we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see more Christmas cards that have like a little, a little bit bigger. So that's cool. <laughs> but yeah, so thanks again for coming on, Seth. Uh, it was a lot of fun having you on. Um, also a big thank you to our listeners. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, share the podcast with friends, family. And uh, yeah, so take care, everyone. Yeah. See ya. See you guys. See ya.